What's good, fam? This is your boy Dijon, and this is how to be a motherfucking legend. Yeah! This is the place to be for inspiration and the realization of your full creative potential. Uh huh. Each episode, we're gonna be sharing tips uh. and insights to help you unlock the greatness that is already inside of you. Okay. All right, this is a very special day in the How to Be a Motherfucking Legend timeline because this is our first time filming a video for the podcast, and today we're here with Susie Shefflin. Am I saying your last name right? Yeah, like a chef named Lynn. Like like a chef (laughs) named Lynn. Um, I met Susie about a year ago. I don't know exactly when. We're going to say this is our one-year friendship anniversary. Yeah, I would say about a year, yeah. yeah. So this is our one-year friendship anniversary. (laughs) And Susie is a sound healer and sobriety coach. She has a really interesting story about how she came to be those things, which I'll let her share. But she's just a very vibrant spirit and Mm. kind of emits and radiates like consciousness and kindness. And I can tell that it's very consciously cultivated. So I wanted to have her on to share some of her process to how you can obtain the same vibration. Well, thank you so much, Tijan. Thank you for your kind words, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. (laughs) It's been wonderful knowing you this past year Mm -hmm. and seeing all of the amazing high-vibe things that you do, and Mm. now to finally get to be a part of it. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm glad that you're here. Yes. So maybe just briefly you could share, like, how it is you came to be. Like, you're completely sober now. Mm -hmm. So, like, your journey to becoming completely sober and then maybe some like practices that you could recommend to people to kind of like keep their vibe clean. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So sobriety has been a journey, you know, getting to where I am today didn't happen overnight. Um, I, gosh, um, I've been completely clean and sober for just over two years now. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I haven't drank alcohol in just over three years. Mm-hmm. So it's been like a step-by-step process, Um, but my knowing that I wanted to be sober and knowing that I needed to be sober started a little bit longer than that. Yeah, what was going on in your life? Um, So I, for a while, pretty much since since high school, I would say, um, I used alcohol and then eventually drugs and prescription medications to sort of escape from feelings that I didn't want to feel. Mm. Um, I've always been a very happy person, but almost to the extent where like, I was too uncomfortable to allow myself to feel bad feelings, bad quote unquote bad feelings, negative feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wasn't really comfortable in my own skin for Mm. a long time. Um, Growing up, I definitely was like a people pleaser. I wanted to fit in. I wanted everyone to like me. And the fact of the matter is like, that's just trying to control things that are outside of my control. Mm. And so that led to a lot of discomfort and discomfort and uncomfortable feelings that I didn't know how to feel. Mm. So from the time that I was in high school, I would go out and I would drink and sometimes not have the best consequences, you know, like definitely remember blacking out, definitely remember doing things that were not really in alignment with who I am. Um, And my parents also don't drink, so I knew from a young age that like alcohol wasn't really something that worked with my physical DNA and mm-hmm. my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it sort of I started going down this like dark road where 
I used alcohol to escape, I used alcohol to cope. Um, I went to UVA, a wonderful school, I partied a lot. From the outside, I probably looked like your average party girl. Mm -hmm. um, but on the inside, it was getting worse and worse, where like, from drinking, I started to feel a lot of shame. The things that I was doing and waking up and not remembering what I had done um, didn't feel good, you mm -hmm. know? And I graduated from college, I moved to New York City, and I realized that I had anxiety. I was able to finally put a label on that. But then I got medication for anxiety and continued to drink, and that led to you know me going down this path. So anyways, by the time I was in my mid-20s, I was aware that these things just weren't serving me. They were taking me further and farther away from myself because it's so important to feel our feelings. You know, we have to do that. But we don't necessarily learn how to do that. Um, and so rather than taking the time and practice to learn that and to open up to who is Susie? Like, who am I without these things that are blocking me from myself and taking me outside myself so I don't have to feel? I went deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole. Mm. Um, until I got to a point where it just wasn't working anymore. And there was one night that I no longer wanted to live. You know, I was living in New York City and I had been in a relationship with someone for a really long time and that relationship wasn't serving me. So for the first step was I ended that relationship, but I was still left with myself. You know, we can't blame anything on anyone else. So I took him out of the equation and there I was, mm -hmm. you know, but I still didn't want to feel. Mm -hmm. And so drugs and alcohol took me to literally the darkest place where I had no spirituality. I had no sense of who I was. I was just going through the motions. And again, on the outside to everyone else, everything looked fine. I had a great job. I had a wonderful apartment in New York City. I had friends. I had a family who loved me. A wonderful dog, baby Bo, who I still have. He's been my biggest supporter through all this. Mm. Um, but on the inside, like... I just, and I didn't know how to express that. I didn't know how to be honest about that because I only knew how to like show up as perfect, sunshiny, smiley Susie. So um, yeah, I hit a bottom and thank God that lowest night of my life, nothing, like it didn't end up going through with it. I called my sister um, and I woke up the next morning with very little memory of what had happened, but this feeling of complete surrender and this feeling that I was willing to do whatever it took. You know, we were talking before I came in about how when you know you need to let go of something, mm -hmm. it's a process, you know? So you get the awareness around it and then you sit with it and you're sort of uncomfortable and you're like, okay, I'm gonna let go of this relationship, I'm gonna let go of this job, but like we're still attached to it. So right. I'd been in that place for a while. Right. Um, but finally I was ready to take the next step. So I went to rehab and when I got out of rehab, I moved out of the city and I was living with my parents in Greenwich, Connecticut, commuting into the city for work, um, which ended up being the greatest gift of all because having the space from the busy energy of the city and getting to return to the country every night in Greenwich, Connecticut, um, I got to feel a difference, you know, the difference between the calm, the quiet, the groundedness, being in nature versus the hustle bustle of the city that I had been so swept up in. Mm -hmm. And in the meanwhile of commuting, I got to sit on the train for an hour in the morning and the hour in the evening, and I meditated. Mm. I got certified in TM, Transcendental Meditation, and that became my practice. I had this bookend to my day where I could really reflect and ground in and sit with myself and sit with those feelings that came up. And in the beginning, it was terrifying getting out of rehab, like, 
I remember for the first six months of not drinking, and I will say, like, that first year, I smoked pot a few times, like, a handful of times, and that's why I don't consider it full sobriety. Everyone's sobriety is different. Um, for me today, sobriety is being completely clean, completely clear. Um, I don't take prescription medications, but I don't judge people who do. Um, I believe everyone has their own path. So mine's been a journey. And at that point in the journey, it was not drinking. Um, and it was challenging. Like, I felt so much. Like, I felt feelings so intensely because I hadn't felt them in so long. Mm-hmm. I was off. At that point, I was off. I had been on benzos. I had been on clonopin. I had been on Adderall. And I was off of that, too. Mm. So it was, like, me in this really raw form in New York City. And I had headphones in my ears. I had sunglasses on my face. And I would just, like, have my head down. It was all I could do to make it to work. And then I would be, like okay, I made it through the day and I would get back on the train and I would meditate and I would go back home. And through that practice, I started to find this real sense of connection to myself and also a sense of connection to a higher power. Mm. I started to connect with gratitude. And on the way home from work, in addition to my meditation, I had this gratitude journal app and I would do a gratitude list. And through that, I started to see how truly blessed my life was. And again on paper other than living at home with my parents in Connecticut like nothing had changed I had the same job I had the same friends I was the same me but for the first time I started to see that like nothing had ever happened to me like everything that I felt like had been affecting me and you know over these years like I wasn't good enough and all these things from the external standpoint weren't okay they didn't matter as much anymore Mm. like I could see them from this whole new perspective as like everything was a blessing Um, And now I talk about that a lot in all my classes. I always say things don't happen to you, they happen for you. And that was where I started to really see that. Mm. And I started to be able to connect the dots of like how every experience in my life had led me to where I was. And so I started to develop this trust in a higher power, in the universe at first is what I was calling it. Um, Today I do use the word God, like I think that's just a great generic word for, for universe, whatever you may believe as a higher power. Um, which I believe God or the universe or anything that is higher power is actually love. So I started to see how love was what had connected all of these things throughout my life and gotten me to this point where I was finally able to surrender and open up. Um, Yeah, and I just started doing it. I started trusting that like the things that were happening for me were happening for me. And instead of resisting, I started surrendering and accepting and embracing. And that led me to come out to California on a trip with my little sister and as soon as I got here I just had this feeling that I needed to be here so went back to the east coast and everyone was like you're crazy you want to move to California everyone goes to California wants to move to California Mm -hmm. um but I was like no I need to I can't explain why I just I just know this is what's next and so again I meditated on it for like six months I would visualize exactly what my life was going to be like out here I knew I wanted to start doing a yoga teacher training, move towards this path of becoming a healer. I thought about going to University of Santa Monica, which has a program in spiritual psychology. I had no idea of the details of what it would look like. I just knew that that was what was happening. So I just kept saying, okay, this is what's next and going. The company that I was working for ended up creating a role for me to come out to California, um, like so seamlessly. So that unfolded. Mm. The apartment that I had been envisioning in my head um, literally appeared and I had tried like I wasn't an expert at manifesting at that time I didn't know what manifesting really even was 
Um, I was just, again, like visualizing these different aspects of my life. Mm. And there was a big setback because I wanted to move. It was the summer of 2016 I wanted to move. I was planning to move in like May or June. And in May, I had my appendix out. And so it was literally like a, a dead stop in my tracks. You know, I had to be in bed for a week and a half to recover. And I thought, okay, this is happening for me. Again, you know, what's the bright side? So I sat at home, I let myself rest, I let myself recover, and I started, I continued to do the research on what my life would be like out here. Um, and I started to look for an apartment. I couldn't find anything. I could not find anything. So I was like, okay, I let this go. Clearly, like, I'm trying to make this happen when that's just not how things, you know, when you're in the flow, like, they just happen. Yeah, you have to allow. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I let go. I trust that this is going to happen in perfect timing. Literally a month later, the apartment appeared. Somebody that I had studied abroad with in Barcelona when I was 16 posted that she was moving out of her apartment. I saw it. I FaceTimed her. It was to the T what I had been envisioning in my head for like six months. Mm -hmm. Signed the lease without even visiting it, came out here, um, and it all started unfolding. And in the process of moving, I still was feeling very anxious, you know? I'd made a lot of changes in my life. At that point, I hadn't drank in just about a year. Um, And I was still having panic attacks, and I was still very anxious. And one of the first things I did, it was like I was flying back and forth throughout the month of July and bringing my suitcases with me to my new apartment. And my aunt brought me to a sound bath. And for some reason, I didn't even ask her what it was. Like most of the time when people hear the word sound bath, they're like, what is it? Is there water involved? What do I expect? I don't know what this is. You know, it's kind of like, what the heck is a sound bath? Mm -hmm. I didn't question it. I was like, oh, obviously. Like literally I felt as though I'd been to a million. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go to a sound bath. (laughs) So we went and it was in Los Files with my dear friend now, she's one of my dearest friend, Arlene. She has a gorgeous shop named We Are Sacred Light, um, which is currently looking for a new location. But anyways, I went to her sound bath and it was like a whole new level of surrender where I woke up from that and I was like, I feel okay. Like everything feels clear. I just need to keep coming to this. Like, I just need to keep going. I knew that it was going to be, like, one of those things that changed my life. Right. Um, So I did. And uh, as I started making friends, which I didn't know, I knew, like, two people when I moved here, they were like, what are you doing Friday? What are you doing Saturday? And I'd be like, going to sound bath, going to sound bath. And no one knew what they were, so I was bringing them with me. And other people were having these amazing experiences going to sound baths. And I was teaching people, like, this is what it is. Come with me. And eventually I thought... You know, I think I'm being called to share this, uh-huh. you know? So I opened myself to the universe again in the same way where I was just like, do I take a course? Do I buy bowls? What do I do? Do I buy a book? Where do I even begin? And I was like, okay, I turn this over. Like, universe, show me the way. I'm not even going to try. Same thing with the apartment. The next sound bath I went to was a breathwork sound bath. Afterwards, I was thanking the practitioners and mentioned, like, you know, I'm really interested in this. What do I do? And... Guy Douglas, who is love literally yeah. love embodied. Yeah. I, I love, love him so much. Yeah. It was his sound bath. And he was like, I'll teach you. So I started to help him and I played the gong at his events. Um, and I started to learn and I read all the books and just kept doing it. And then 
at the right time, my Reiki master, who I had been seeing for healings, was like, I'm offering a training. Do you want to do it? I was like, okay. So I just kept saying yes to these things that came in my path. Um, I feel like I'm talking so much. That's, Should I keep going? That's actually what we're, <laughs> what we're here for. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I just kept saying yes. I just kept like saying, does this feel good? Is this elevating my vibration? Mm-hmm. And I did, you know? And I wasn't, it was like, like you mentioned, it, it was definitely conscious, but it wasn't like planned, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. I wasn't like, oh, this is the thing I should do. I was just like, okay, I'm exploring, I'm open this feels good, this feels right, like it feels better to eat this than to eat that. Right. Yeah, I feel like, first of all, what an amazing story. Thank you so much for vulnerably sharing all that. Mm. It's really beautiful to hear, and there, I've heard some of your story before, but yeah. not, not all of it, yeah. and I love hearing more of it. Mm. Um, but what I'm hearing is, one, you like recognize that you weren't happy, so you started removing the things from your life that were contributing to your misalignment and unhappiness um then you recognized through meditation like all you had to be grateful for Mm -hmm. and personally i feel like everyone innately has a clear connection to spirit we Mm -hmm. start it's like a pipe like in the bathroom right and we clog it with bad food or alcohol or drugs but then once you start to clear the pipe then your intuitive guidance starts speaking more loudly which sounds like you got really tuned into yeah and then you just took the next step that felt good yeah exactly exactly i mean that's what our bodies are like we're vessels we really are vessels for spirit vessels for source and so now i'm tuned into that and i just try to keep my body a clear vessel for whatever comes through so that i can be a channel for love and light Mm -hmm. you know and also recognizing that i'm still human you know and like it's not a perfect practice um but it is a practice you know, and it's something that I'm really committed to, which is constantly looking to improve and constantly looking to go deeper with this journey right. so that if I'm taking care of myself and I'm elevating my vibration, I can help other people to do the same. And you get from the overflow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think that that's a, a really beautiful thing to recognize is that you need to focus on yourself first. And wherever you're at in your journey, even if you feel shame about what you've been through, you heard what she's been through, I can relate. I've been an alcoholic, I've been suicidal. And I really think that those things are blessings because they allow you to feel compassion for what people actually go through in the suffering. Because if we never Mm -hmm. went through those things, we'd be like above people kind of looking down at them being like, I don't know why you can't do it right. My life is so good. But we both know what it is to be at rock bottom and whatever our specific rock bottom is and and that's just like one part of the journey to get to yeah the person you've evolved into yeah and to know that like you can get off the elevator at any time like you can choose your rock bottom and it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be in the gutter it doesn't have to be homeless it doesn't have to be you know god forbid death you know but it can be like my life isn't working for me and i'm gonna choose to know that i'm empowered to make the changes that I feel like are going to help at any time like Uh it's really a choice Uh uh-huh yeah I feel like at any given moment there's only two choices that are possible and one is to do or think something that feels better and one is to do or something that feels worse yeah you know so if you just tune into 
what food do I want to eat? Like, do I need to take a nap? Like, mm-hmm. do I actually want to spend time with this person or is it draining? Like, whatever it is, it's just one decision at a time. So Yeah. Yeah. And to just keep choosing the next thing that feels right. You know, it's like, who is it? Um, I think Jerry Seinfeld, when he was in his earliest stages of writing, mm-hmm. he had this thing where he had a calendar and he called it like the red X, like the chain effect. Mm-hmm. And he would write a red X on every day that he wrote. And once you create that chain, you don't want to break the chain. That momentum. That momentum, exactly. Yeah. So I think about that with positive things. Like, am I going to continue the chain and choose to drink hot water with lemon, or am I going to break the chain and drink, like, a soda, you know? Right. Going to continue to elevate, or am I going to take a step back? Totally. That's just the idea of inertia, because that's, that's like a physics idea. Like, yeah. things at rest want to stay at rest, and things in motion want to stay in motion. Mm-hmm. So it's like once you create that positive momentum, it becomes easier to continue it. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, I think that that was a wonderful share. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dijon. We like to keep these episodes short so you can just pop in and get a blast of wisdom and inspiration, mm-hmm. which I definitely feel. So thanks for sharing. Uh, let us know if you enjoyed this first video episode of How to Be a Motherfucking Legend. We planned on doing it more this way so you can actually see the humans associated with the voice mm-hmm. and the energy. But uh, it was a fun experiment. So thanks for being here. Comment below with what you thought of the episode. If you want to find Susie, her Instagram handle and website is The Copper Vessel. Anything else you want to share? That's it. Yeah, The Copper Vessel on Instagram. My website is www.thecoppervessel.com. Um, I work with people all over the world virtually. Um, I offer sobriety coaching. I offer Reiki healings, crystal healings. I teach yoga and I lead sound baths. And my message to you all really just is, you know, things never happen to you. They always happen for you. So I invite you to take what you heard from my experience here today and know that you're empowered to open yourself up to see and receive the blessing or the lesson in every moment. Know that there's always something good. You can always find the good if you choose to. And it's never too late to make a change. It's never too late. So if you're thinking about making a change in your life, let this be what makes it happen. You know, it's so worth it. Life can be so good, so beautiful. Just surrender, let go, and say yes. And thank you, Dijon. Yeah, there it is. All right, catch you guys next week. Thanks for being here. I so appreciate you being here. If you enjoy the energy that we are creating and building, share it with the homies. Take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram stories. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Really, those five-star reviews are really going to help this get to more people. Just let people know about it. And if you ever want help going deeper into yourself, developing yourself and doing that with a community and with guidance, head on over to programs.howtobeamotherfuckinglegend.com and we got you. Until next time, peace.